Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great weekend. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode from the Isle of Dr. Garneau. I'm Kelly J. Lewis and with me as always is Thomas Ware III and Dr. Chris Garneau. So where are we going to start today at the Isle of Dr. Garneau? News of the week, uh, news of the month, of the year. I, I, I was trying to in, in impress this upon uh, my students this week. I think some of them got it. I, I just don't think the gravity's hit yet. I don't think it's hit for a lot of Americans. In 30 years, we're going to be looking at our textbooks, our history books, and what's happening right now is going to be a pretty major chapter, I think. I really do believe this is the fourth time in American history that we've opened up um, some kind of impeachment talk. So we're in, in the inquiry stage right now, and there aren't really good definitions for these stages, but, I mean, this is a big deal. It's big history. What's going on right now, it's, you know, it's... It, it, we'll, we'll get the Trump in a bit, but I think part of what he's doing in, in deflecting attention, well, he's not really deflecting attention, in deflecting responsibility is trying to downplay the significance of what's going on right now. It's a really big deal. Whether he gets impeached or not, I mean, he's not going to be removed, but whether he gets impeached or not, it's, I mean, this is, this is really, really a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't think that, and, and I think you're right, I don't think that the people, the American people, understand the gravity of what's going on because he is downplaying it so much. Yeah, and it's, so, in, in just, a, just a few days, I mean, in a few days' time, the narrative changed last week when a lot of this came out, and now we're still kind of getting information as it comes in. So, the whistleblower is anonymous. Um, there is a... Uh, we want to think about it this way. In the House of Representatives, they can bring up articles of impeachment. Um, and, and this is, the White House has been fighting this every step of the way. So, for example, uh, Trump calls Schiff, who is uh, it, in, in the House of Representatives, a traitor or, or treason. I think he used the, the term treason. That's a big deal for a sitting president to say that. That's a, that's a big word. I mean, that's a, that carries a lot of weight. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a member of Congress yeah. elected. You know, it, oh, treason. You just kind of like throw it out there kind of casually. Yeah, I mean, that's a big deal. Um, and then, you know, other developments today. I mean, this is what I what I woke up to uh, today, and I kind of caught this yesterday, was that the House of Representatives said, okay, if we're going to have this impeachment inquiry, we need some cooperation from the White House. We've got to get some information flowing back and forth. And the White House is essentially stonewalling, saying, nope, make us. So, I mean, this is... This is like the beginning of a constitutional crisis in some ways. It's this, is the Supreme Court going to have to settle this? I, you know, we don't know exactly what's happening yet. It's just that I was talking with some people the other day, and I thought this was an important point. People who were old enough to be children when Nixon was impeached. So what they, you know, their memory of that was first off that it was such a big deal or before, before it got to that point. Um, their memory of that was this was a really big deal. It was the president. It kind of like brought everybody down as a nation. Everybody <clears throat> together just kind of was like, you got to be kidding me. You know, like this is happening. And it didn't matter what party you belonged to. It was a disappointment that... Because it's still the president of the United States. Yeah. And it's just representing like, everybody. Right? Yeah. Everyone. It's just like, and, and here's the thing about Nixon. For, you know, uh, he wasn't a perfect person by any means. He stepped down for the good of the country, maybe the good of himself, but I, I would like to think that he was enough of a statesman that he was like, okay, I messed up, shouldn't have done this, 
I'm gonna step aside without a fight. That is not what's gonna happen here. <laughs> this is not, that's, Donald Trump is not cut from that cloth. Uh, he is a totally <laughs> different person. Um, he's- <coughs> You mean in the admitting that you were wrong part? Yeah, or? <laughs> admitting anything, kicking it, the, the kicking Telling and the streaming. even. Yeah. yeah. On the, on, on, on even just basic things. Like, yeah, it, he's it, incapable of it. There is no way this guy resigns. There's no way, not a chance he resigns. So it's there, it's going to have to be drug out, and he's going to force him to do it. Uh, so I, I find it. Here, here's what's interesting. It's you've got this phone call that happened, where you know we're trying to decide right now was there a quid pro quo, even if it wasn't specifically stated quid pro quo. The, the general sense that a lot of the, the that brought this inquiry up is the president of Ukraine is was basically trying to uh, trying to negotiate what Trump what do you want from me what's going on um, there was aid that was being withheld and that's you know can you give us some information on Joe Biden so what does it would you know and, and that is interfering with our elections that is asking a foreign government to interfere with our elections it's a big deal the second part of that is the narrative then from the, the White House was, and this is what blows my mind, it's, it's really interesting. We talked about conspiracy theory before, but if you look at the supporters, they're buying this White House narrative of the deep state is so bad that Joe Biden is getting his kid special jobs, and yes, Hunter Biden got a ton of money to work this job, but it wasn't Joe Biden, it was Joe Biden along with pretty much the entire international community that wanted whoever, I can't remember the name of the, the title, wanted that guy out and yeah hunter biden got it and yes nepotism exists in politics and yes corruption is there on the democratic side and the republican side the point that needs to be made is there is no evidence that that the bidens did anything legally nefarious now did they do something that showed nepotism and favoritism you bet and and his son probably benefited from that we've been talking about corruption forever join the list of people who you know, have done these things, but it's the point is, it's not apples to apples. No, that's what he's trying to do. And I find it highly ironic that his daughter has received so many different patent trademarks in China while he's been in office, and everything. And, and doesn't she have an official title too? What is what is yeah. her official title with the White House? White House advisor, senior advisor. That's that's what she is. So you and, want to get mad about nepotism and putting kids in places they don't. All that, all that, and and so and he's not even. I mean, I I say investigate them all. If you're going to investigate the Bidens, investigate the Trumps too. Hell, investigate the Clintons. Sorry, Chelsea, but yeah, let's. You too. We could just unearth everything. I mean, <laughs> get some people pretty freaked out, you know. But but you're totally right in that it's it it you can try to spin this narrative, but. You almost have to live in a state of denial to be able to do it, which is, I mean, it's... I it's, think they do. I think Trump supporters do. I think they live in a constant state of denial. And defense. Like, see, the way, the way that I kind of, the way that I equate it to is somebody that bought a really crappy car, but doesn't yep. want to, doesn't want to say yeah i bought a crappy car i made a bad decision on this they want to keep on well that's you know the the transmission usually goes out around this mileage yeah. on this car and you know i should have looked into that before and they just keep on they make excuses until they replace the whole damn car you know yeah. or, or here's another one like 
wait, are, are, are you saying something bad about my Ford? Well, let me tell you what's bad about Hondas. You know, I mean, that's yeah. the other thing they do. It's just like, well, at least I'm just deflected onto a, something else. Yeah, yeah. the what aboutism. Well, what about this? What about <laughs> yeah. that? And we never really get to the conversation at hand. We never really get to talk about what it is that we should be talking about. So, uh, Trump has had all kinds of, he's had, he's had a bad, this is a bad week for this guy. So, yeah, they, they're, they, they're not cooperating. But secondly, unrelated, uh, I can't remember what state this is happening in. I think it's Washington, but you, you, listeners can correct me. Um, he's got to show his tax returns, according to a judge. They're going to appeal it, according to a federal judge. I thought it was in Maryland. Was it Maryland? Okay. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's it's one of these like on the on the outer on okay. the outer coastal states. And I was like, but it, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's. But there is but there is a and and you know California said that he can't be on the he can't be on their ballot if he doesn't turn over his tax returns. That's California. This is gonna happen. I mean, it's it's. And, and, and they're going to fight it every step of the way. It, I don't know. I'm curious what's in there. There's all different kinds of theories. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of two things. Either one, he didn't pay any taxes, or two, he's not as rich as he says he is. We know that already. You know, it, whatever. It's, it, it's not going to be that big of a bombshell, but for some reason. Or one is we're going to find out his business ties, or, you know, more about his business ties. So, I mean, maybe that's an issue. Maybe it's not. So Trump's in this this state where I feel, I think, he is spinning out of control. Like he's, like in, in poker we call this going on tilt. Um, so he's on tilt, uh, meaning he's, he's thinking emotionally. And he's, you know, tweeting up a storm this past week. And I, I just want to read one because I think this is so quintessential. This has to be one of my favorite tweets from the president. And there's a lot. They've got to do a book at some point. Yeah. Just a book of tweets. Coffee table of book. his. Like, I mean, just of all the... Uh, call it Kofifi. Yeah, there you go. Kofifi. The Kofi... Yeah, Kofifi. Yes. Hamburgers. Hamburgers and Hamburgers. And so... <laughs> this one, and, and I just wanted to dissect this as, a, as a, an academic because I spent a great amount of time staring at this and trying to, like... I went through different rounds of... What? Did you think it was a joke? I thought it was a joke. I couldn't figure this out. Thought it was I, an onion, right? I thought it was a joke. That's the way I feel. I feel like every time I'm reading something, like like we read a headline where the lady got shot in the leg by her dog. You yeah. know, like this is like actual news in Oklahoma. And I read the headline and I'm like, this, nah. this has to be the onion, right? Yeah. And that's the way I feel whenever I see his tweets, except it's just like I'm so dull to the. You're just like, okay, whatever. And I think that that's 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 the point. And actually, before I get to the, I'll get to the tweet here in a little bit, because that's kind of the apex of everything. That has been the strategy of this administration. He gets accused for colluding with the Ukraine or whoever. And what does he do? He says, China. He's on his way to China. China, China, why don't, why don't you investigate Joe Biden? He doubles down. He's trying to normalize this. On, t on TV, in front of the press corps. And then turns around and says, oh, that's fake news. It's like, you said it. I synced it with my own eyes and then, you know. Watched it. And it's, and, and I think it's trying to, they call it muddying the waters. I think it's either one or two things is happening. He has no clue what he's, what he's saying. And I know some, some people would like to go down that road, but that was too intentional. There's no way. He is intentionally trying to say, look how normal this is. I'm just going to do it again. And if you just keep doing it, then eventually it becomes normal. And then what does the house, what, what can they, like, you can't just keep piling these things up. I mean, I guess you can, but you're trying to, like, it's almost like a scandal overload. Like, you can't, 
at some point there's just too much that we can take in. We get exhausted and we're like, oh, fine, you know? And it's, it's an interesting way of thinking about it. Anyway, so getting to the tweet, this is just, it's remarkable. <laughs> okay. So as I have stated strongly before, this is now, I, I don't do a good Trump impression, so I won't try to do it, but you know, if I did, it'd be like, as I stated strongly before, but it'd be something <laughs> That's like actually that. That's actually not bad. <laughs> <laughs> as I have stated strongly before, and just to reiterate, if Turkey does anything that I, in my great and unmatched wisdom, consider to be off limits, I will totally destroy and obliterate the economy of Turkey. I've done that before, exclamation. They must with Europe and others, da-da-da-da-da. Okay, so he is talking about Turkey's, and they did, by the way, Turkey invading Syria, from what I can see. Right now, they're, yeah. yeah, they're they're slaughtering the Kurds right now. It's, it's actually happening. So Trump's, the point is he's trying to make a statement on this thing, but in doing so, it like we get just a glimpse into what is in his head when he's typing this stuff, and this is what I couldn't figure out. Uh, I, in my great and unmatched wisdom, okay, well, first off, <laughs> as, as, as I stated strongly before, I don't know if he actually did state that before. He does this all the time. I've always said, it's always been true. That's Orwellian. That's like that, that book, 1984, it's always been, we've always been at war with East, mm -hmm. you know, always been at war with Oceania. Um, as I stated strongly before, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think, I think this is a, a, a new thing. Um, I, in my great and unmatched wisdom, what is that? That's that one blew me away. Yeah, that's that's when I thought it was a joke because he showed Thomas showed it to me um, when we were doing the the them damn Indians, and I looked at it and I thought somebody made that up, like that you know there's there's all kinds of ways you can manipulate what's, what's, files and everything. But what's the level past narcissism? Like what's what's like super, nar super, super yeah, narcissist? Like, I mean, where where do you go? Can you label this guy anymore? So here's what's fascinating about this. It's like the smartest people I know, I don't ever remember them going around telling no. me how smart they are. Well, it's like the old, it's like the old, uh, the meme that we saw whenever Kanye said he was a musical genius and that, you know, they put like a quote from Jimi Hendrix or somebody up where they're like, you know, I'm yeah. not a genius, I just play or whatever, you know, it's like the real geniuses, the real like, you're not going to hear some astronomer or somebody that's just, you know, a brilliant mind. You're not hearing them say this kind of stuff. They don't have to say, like Albert yeah. Einstein would never be on record saying, oh, I'm just so much smarter than everybody else and look how great I am. Like his, his work yeah. set it for him. Confidence is the ability to know you're good at something and to just be good with it and go on and do your thing, right? It's just, I can do my thing. Like... There's like insecurity, and I'm not a psychologist, but I, I play one at, um, at work sometimes. Um, <laughs> or I teach some psych classes. Insecurity usually shows itself in two ways: either you know, showing like withdrawing and you know, overly stating, "I am not very good at this," whatever you know, and that's just kind of giving your audience, letting them know, "Hey, don't don't have expectations that are too high." And of course, the other way the insecurity shows itself is in overcompensation, when you have to go over and above to demonstrate to your audience that I am so great at this, you should never challenge me on this. And that's clearly, that's, that's the, you know, Trump should have a, an entry in the, you know, whatever dictionary that goes into for overcompensation, which is the, the, the braggadociousness. And in some ways, I think, I, I've heard his supporters say, well, it's funny. Like, we know he's being funny, he's being facetious. I don't 
do you? <laughs> do you know that though? Do you really know that he doesn't mean it? Do you really know that he's just trying to be funny or facetious? Or because to me, it sounds like he's trying to make very serious points and rile up that base of his. I think he believes it. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. Like the bad part is, I think his base believes it. I think they really that. do. They equate they some, want to somewhere it. in their mind. They believe that if you cheat enough people out of money, that you're smart. Yeah, that's well, what what they uh, what they. It's say the capital. I guess it's the capitalist. Yeah. He said I was smart enough not to pay taxes. I I knew how to get out of it. I was I was you know that was part of the, you know what, what, sometimes you'll hear that like well why didn't you pay your fair share well I was just I didn't have to I didn't have to get out of yeah. it you know that kind of thing. So we've got this. We've got the that part, and and that's that's the part that everyone caught on to. I was actually more interested with the second part. It's it's the way we use language. He said, uh, "I will totally destroy and obliterate the economy of Turkey," which is an interesting thing to say, because most presidents, in the past, when we talk about sanctioning, and I, to be real clear, I'm not. I am not defending Turkey. I'm just saying, when they say these things. Usually it's like we're going to use strong sanctions. We're going to strongly, and so he says, "I'm going to totally destroy totally, and obliterate the economy yeah. of Turkey." And he said, "I've done before!" Exclamation point. I read this as if he's saying, in the past, he has unilaterally and single-handedly destroyed the economy of this country of 80 million people. And this is where I'm just like, at, at what point do we is do we take away the phone somebody's got to call bullshit right i mean <laughs> hey he's a, according to him he's a very stable genius that's true uh, you know i mean and, and, and to your point neil degrasse tyson doesn't go around calling himself a stable genius yeah you know making wild claims i mean just wild claims the only thing i can attribute this to is braggadociousness and he's i get it he's trying to be the strong leader and any, any president in this situation they're going to take a hard stance against turkey and that's what you're supposed to do. It's the way he does it that gives us an insight into what he's doing and how different he is in a lot of ways. I, 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 do, I, I hope this is not a new normal. I think this is just kind of a blip in the road. I, it is, I never God, in my let's cross our dreams thought in my lifetime I would ever have this conversation with adults uh -uh. about an adult. Like, I just can't, and I, I know that's showing, like, this isn't even a partisan thing. Like, it really isn't. Because I rock my brain around this sometimes. I didn't agree with a lot of what John McCain said when he was running for president, but he was a statesman. He, he was a good, moral person. I believe that he wanted the best for the country. He wasn't concerned about himself. He was really, like, great, probably a great guy that I disagreed with on an ideological front, like I do with a lot of my conservative friends. Right. Trump is in a different category. He's just in a different category. This is not a partisan thing. This is a, I don't get what's going on right now. <laughs> I think one of the things that's scaring me the most in, in recent news is how hard he and the Republicans, Trump and the Republicans, are going after the whistleblowers. Plural. Whistleblowers now and you know it's like oh well they're doing their best well, to well, it's just no 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 that's not true because it's secondhand information it's like well if you can corroborate it and you can prove that it's true why can't a person who gives secondhand information be protected as a whistleblower? It's like, I should be able to confront them. It's like, well, actually, under the protections yeah. they have, they enjoy, well, they're supposed to have anonymity. 
to protect them from any kind of retaliation. And especially when you're talking about Trump and the resources that the American federal government right. has. They sound like the rapists that want to confront the people that they raped in, in court, even though they know they're, they're guilty. It's but they want to intimidate him. It's due process. It's it's sort of like like when you say intimidation, that's an interesting way of putting it, right? Because mm-hmm. the, don't get Jeffrey Epstein. The, the law, yeah. The, the, the process of the law says you got to do that. You have to do the right thing. We have to follow this process. And I think one thing that we have seen with this president is, well, I'm just going to do it my way. Like I just want to do it. The, this is what I want, you know. And it's I think this is the problem of someone who comes out of the business world trying to run an entire country, the most powerful country on the face of the earth, like a business, because when you're a boss, you are a dictator. When you run your own company, you can, you know, if you choose to run your company that way, so be it, you can do that. And you can ask people to either, you know, do what you want or they can leave. In, in the private industry, you can't. Like he, I, I don't know if he quite grasps yet, or I think he's get, getting frustrated with it. He's getting it. He's, I think he's getting frustrated with the fact that he can't walk into a room and do exactly what he wants at any time. Like, you know, the, this New York Times article that came out that said this horrendous stuff, which they're denying, but it's been corroborated by a few people, these meetings on immigration, where he's like, can we put alligators and snakes in the moat? Let's shoot them in the legs. Yeah. Just shoot them in the legs. Like, well, can we shoot at them if they throw rocks? No, that's illegal. Well, let's shoot them in the legs. Like, someone, he, someone heard him say that in a meeting, and they're denying it. The, the crazy part, and well, there's so much that's crazy about this, but when we think about it, uh, what, what, what the report said, they said we couldn't get him off of these topics. Like he would get obsessed with specific things. Like what about the wall? I want, I want, I want to know what the wall looked like. And it was, uh, I can't remember her name, is the, the, the woman that he eventually asked to resign in that, that, that position. Uh, but she said she had a heck of a time keeping him focused on what they were talking about at that point. Because he wanted to come back to the wall. She would build a model of the wall so he had something to look. It was almost like... <laughs> I don't know how to say this. It's a child. Me. Like a child. Give, give give him a toy. Keep him occupied. Let him look at something. If he breaks it, you I know. I was going to say a dog. <laughs> it's like the dog when they see the squirrels. Like, you can, you you know, can train a dog. It. You can train a dog not to, not to, not to. Well, you can train kids too. Sometimes. Yeah, obviously not. Cool. Obviously not. Because this is a 70 something year old person who just I, I, I don't understand it and it's like I said he's that a rich kid though nobody ever tries to train rich kids except for the people that work for him and then there's no authority there and so and that's kind of what they were doing is they said that they would like and this has been multiple reports of we had to get memos away from him like we uh, like so that he couldn't see them like because then he would get like he would just be like zoned in on that constantly and so with with this president it's it's kind of been this over and over again where you do have people in the white house remember about a year a little over a year ago there was a, a new york times published and they didn't reveal this the source but the person that said don't worry there are adults in the room essentially is what it was a crazy article but it was about how we are making we're, we're making sure that everything's yeah. okay don't worry america we've got this it was kind of like that buffer that we're you know yeah there's there's a lot of that it, i've worked for people that were very delicate like that that you had to like you have to give them ideas in a way that makes them feel like it's their idea you know what i mean yeah. and you have to present things in a certain way to not uh fracture their ego or you know what i mean and i feel like that's a lot of what this is it's like you know what i heard was that 
and and I don't know how this how true this is, but that the wall was really supposed to be a metaphor. It was just a talking point for, actually for border security. Yeah. It was supposed to be something that, hey, we need to strengthen border security, you need to talk about this, and this was yeah. during the campaign. Um, before. And they couldn't get him to understand the concept of border security. And they're like, Well, just think of it like you built a big wall and that wall is there to keep and he just kind of took it literally and just ran. In his mind, it's now a wall. It's now yeah. a wall. And Instead now we have to. security, we've got to build this wall. We've got to build this wall. We've got to build this wall. That's the only way. The, the wall. This is, this yeah. is it. The wall. But just on the southern border, just, just to Mexico. Nowhere else. No. For, forget <laughs> about that large body of water in the Gulf yeah. of Mexico and the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean. All the and, and, and Yeah, I was going to say, and forget <laughs> all of the, the issues yeah. uh, uh, with Canada and the missing and murdered indigenous women and the boom yeah. towns and the you know all that forget all that that's okay those are white migrants yeah and so you just get zeroed in on this thing though true it's it's there's a a, a comedian jim jeffries he i love jim yeah. jeffries he did this great thing he's like he was he like and he's got a great perspective as an outsider because he's, he's not american he's he, yeah he's an australian yeah so he was like I, I think it's interesting when people like donald trump saying wall the reason that they like it is because they can relate to it it's finally some a politician they can relate to like well, I have walls. I know. I, I know what they do. Like I like. And so he does. He takes these very concrete ideas, and it, and he runs with it. In in some ways, he was a, he was a brilliant politician that I just kind of like that, that doesn't know how politics works, and just kind of fell into this somehow. It's a pretty interesting way of thinking about how he's changed the face of politics because what this means is number one you don't have to say the right things to get elected apparently anymore and you don't even, it doesn't even matter about fundraising fundraising apparently doesn't matter anymore they quorum doesn't either yeah, if, you, <laughs> if you shake things up enough i mean it is just a madhouse out there i had, I had a buddy who was you know and you know my political stripes are pretty well known but when i was in, in college i was the, the president of the college democrats at my university and my buddy he was the uh, the president of the college republicans and i i talked to him on facebook a lot i see him on facebook and you know we're friends and uh he's so adamantly against trump he's so thoroughly disgusted at this point he's talked openly about i i one of these democrats better be able to figure out how to beat this guy because they're not going to kick him out through impeachment they're the Democrat's going to have to win, and you know, I think I think he's going to vote Democrat this this upcoming. Not because he wants a Democrat, but because he doesn't want Trump. And Trump. and they're they're the Republicans are staunchly committed to Trump. I mean, even even Republicans that you wouldn't even think would be Trump Republicans that would defend him like that are just like, I mean, very religious conservative Republicans. It's like, oh, no, no, that's okay. But yeah, he's he's kind of in it with the uh, with withdrawing the troops from Syria because the Warhawks are not happy. They got to get their oh, yeah. kickbacks. And with, you know, the, the traditional Republicans, the, let's say the old guard the Bush-Cheney Republicans, they, like my friend, I think a lot of them, they feel like Trump, it's not just Trump, they feel like the Republican Party has left them. Like, they, it's, the needle has moved, but they kind of, it's the only party they got, and so they've got to figure out if they can steer it back. I, I see Mitt Romney doing this. Mitt Romney is a Republican who's willing to openly criticize the president. Uh, a friend that I talked with, a Republican friend, he said, you know, if, if we're, since we're into conspiracy theories, let's just throw one out there. Let's, let's assume that Mitt Romney wants to challenge Donald Trump. Uh, I, and I don't think he is, but 
it's the point is 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 it, it's kind of open season now and all of this is so insane we don't even know how to make sense of it anymore i mean it's the republican party is a mess right now if we're to be real honest with it now i know they get cohesive they, they fall in line when it comes time for elections we'll see if they do again because this is and i think they probably will but there's an internal mess going on right now where they've got to figure out who we are because if you let this rhetoric stand and you get behind it and history deems that to be unacceptable you know Democrats have had to eat crow of their own party's misgivings before. They had to eat a lot of racism. They had to eat a lot of misogyny with the Clinton administration. And, you know, there's a lesson to be learned here. And I think the Republican Party, they're going to learn it. It's, and it may take 10 or 15 years before they learn it. Trump may not be here by the time they learn it. but We can hope. Yeah. Yes, indeed. That's very interesting. Thanks so much for tuning in. That is going to do it for us in this episode from the Isle of Dr. Garneau. Be sure to catch us every, 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 every Sunday right here at 1 p.m. Central Time. And if you miss any of the past episodes, you can catch up with those wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can access those from the podcast tab located on the Talk Jive homepage. I'm Kelly J. Lewis with Thomas Ware III and Dr. Chris Garneau. Be sure to catch us back here next week. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great day.